Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and with me here is fellow NBC Sports Edge writer Ryan Boyer. Ryan, good to have you here, man. How's it going? Things are good. How are things with you? I did my best to support the the Peacocks today of St. Peter's, right. but you know, didn't yeah. quite work out. Oh well. Yeah, it, it, I don't know how much you watch the game at all, but they seem like pretty rattled from the start of that game yeah. versus UNC. So, um, still was a magical run, but yeah, I mean, UNC Duke is going to be Although, probably one of the most anticipated college basketball games in, I can't even remember. Right. Yeah. All the, all the blue bloods in the final four. Yeah. Yeah. There is that as well. Um, I was a Duke fan growing up. Um, I'll admit this. Uh, <laughs> um, I was for a, a period of time as well. I remember liking uh, Trajan Langdon a lot, but oh yeah, me too. In part because of his his name is so cool. Yeah, and he I, he was an awesome three point shooter. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was when Duke. Well, that was like the transition from when they were bad to good again in like the right. late '90s, early 2000s, and then pretty much after that, I I kind of really stopped paying attention to college basketball, but. Uh, they were my team for a long time, mostly when they were not good, which is pretty much that's consistent with my life path. Um, <laughs> we, got, fan. we got Chris Crawford still to hang that hold down the Duke fandom for the yeah half. So. I have to say though, I, you know, I've watched the tournament uh, and I find the Duke team very likable. They are watchable, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody on there where I'm just like, oh, this guy. <laughs> like usually there's like one of those that that is not the case, at least for me uh, with Duke this year. So yeah, um, I don't know if we're going to get the, the storybook ending that everyone wants. We'll see. But it has been a fun tournament. I definitely enjoyed it. And we're recording this show Sunday, March 27th, which is Oscars night. I'm not going to ask your feelings on Best Picture nominations unless you want to. I've only watched like a couple of movies that are even in anything uh, that's all on me that's my bad so, i wanted to watch coda i didn't i didn't get to see it yet i got to see coda coda was great um i've seen six of the ten okay. i believe that are nominated um i usually in past years aside from this year and maybe the year before i've been pretty good about seeing everything at least close to it mm-hmm. but as you know with two little ones which doesn't Exactly. And when you yeah. do get to see him, it's usually in two or three sittings and that, that just <laughs> kind of takes some of the joy out of it. So yes, 
Well, I, I did my best, but I'm I'm definitely not the movie watcher that I used to be. Yeah, S- same here. I mean, I've watched Dune. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I could say that. And, and uh, what was the one that was on Netflix that was like the disaster movie it had like the star cast that's like, don't look up? Oh, yeah, don't look up. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't, I didn't love. So yeah. Whatever. Um, but neither did Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but while, while I have you here and we're talking movies, do you have a favorite baseball movie? Tell Craig Kakatera to cover his ears because it's full <laughs> of dreams. Okay. Um, I respect that. I mean, I, a lot of pressure I like on the natural, to, like natural a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. And Moneyball, I think is really good too. Yeah. I actually, Oh, major league. I love the major league. Yeah, I too. actually kind of, kind of even like major league too a little bit, but yeah, me too. Bull Durham. Maybe this is a hot take. I think is pretty overrated. I actually saw it just a few years ago for the first time. Hmm. And I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing that people are still loving it, but I, like, I feel like if you rewatch it now, that's, it's just comes off as kind of corny and dumb, but I mean, there's some good lines from it, but like mm-hmm. a lot of the movie is not about baseball. Right. Um, and I'll just leave it there. Uh, <laughs> I like a league of their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have a different answer every day of the week. I, yeah. I mean, I think the Sandlot came out as like the perfect mm-hmm. time for me as a kid. So like, I'm always attached to that. Same for like major league. I think um, 61 is very underrated. As a baseball movie, I'm you know, I just found out the other day. This is probably going to blow your mind. The guy who played the older version of Smalls in the Sandlot when he's the announcer at the end of the end of the movie, yeah. yeah, same guy who plays John Henry of the Red Sox in Moneyball. I think I might have known that. <laughs> I randomly saw that on Twitter. A few, that is cool, though. A few weeks ago, yeah, that is cool. And I always mention um, Sugar. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen that. Yeah, That's a great movie. Also a good one. It's not even just like a good baseball movie. It's just like a good movie. It is. Um, yep. So if you never check that out, you, you definitely should. So uh, we are going to go over some headlines from the weekend with this show. And also we are each going to give our, bou- our bounce back picks for 2022, some of our favorite mid to late round targets uh, who we think will bounce back this year. Before we do that, a quick word for our listeners. The 2022 NBC Sports Edge Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is available now, and we're giving our listeners a special offer. You can get 22% off our draft guide and an annual Edge Plus subscription when you use promo code BASES22. We get you ready for your fantasy draft with expert insight and tools at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus and use that promo code BASES22 at checkout to save big this season. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I thought, Ryan, we should start out here with the tale of two extremes. And we're going to start with the negative here. Uh, Cody Bellinger. Uh, I, I saw the game last night because uh, I was mm-hmm. doing some of the blurbs on that one. And Bellinger, he just looks lost. I know he's um, changed up his mechanics. Actually, if you remember, in the playoffs last year, he he actually was swinging the bat pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he lowered his hands in his stance. And But he ditched that as soon as the postseason was over, of course. And now is trying to get used to this new swing. He's three for 19 with 14 strikeouts. <laughs> no extra base hits so far. Um, this spring, the swing just looks incredibly long. It was, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, he's a tinkerer though. So it's hard to he's tell. A chronic, chronic tinkerer. Yeah. yeah. Even after that, after the MVP season, mm-hmm. he changed his swing mechanics. Um, what do you do here? I mean, his ADP on Yahoo is 88.5. I'm sure, you know, given his struggles and the recency bias and all that stuff, it's probably going down a little bit, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to think of Bellinger. Uh, at I mean, this point. A, a golden golden sombrero in a spring training game. How often does that happen? That, I don't know. Especially when you're there. This is like their like seventh or eighth game. Probably they normally don't even get that many plate appearances. But yeah, he's yeah. like you said. He, he he messes with his stance so much. Obviously, he's had the shoulder injury. Was just completely lost last year. I mean, I had him in my still have them currently in my top 30 outfielders, but I mean, there's no way I'm going to draft them at that rate. Um, I actually did take him, I think in our live draft, but I must've missed out on a couple guys there. Yeah. Um, We're not playing that out. So (laughs) and there's there's just too many. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There are too many, too many outfielders in the range, like 20, 25 picks after him. Yeah. That I'd like too much that just don't, carry that amount of risk. I mean, obviously we've seen the upside. It's massive, but I mean, he has no floor at this point. Like, Yeah, exactly. It's hard to see it right now. He was hurt a lot last year, which I think, you know, some folks are are using to justify still taking the shot on him. Uh, he had that fractured fibula, had a hamstring injury. There was a, a right rib injury, which people think might have messed up his swing as well. So I think you could talk yourself into it a little bit. But to change his mechanics again after it did look like he was turning it around uh, in the playoffs last year, certainly uh, discouraging. And, yeah, I mean, I guess he's on the fringe maybe of, like, top 100 players. At that point, maybe you do take a chance on on a Bellinger Mm -hmm. if you're hurting for an outfielder. But uh, like you said, uh, you said it well. It's hard to know what the floor is for Bellinger at this point. As for ceiling... Joe Adele looking pretty interesting right now. Uh, his ADP on Yahoo is 234.3. I'm sure that's going up quickly. 
Uh, he's six for 22 with three homers and a 109, 1093 OPS uh, so far this spring. Three steals. Uh, homered and stole two bases on Saturday. Adele, uh, you know, he came up. He was really young. I, I, I don't think you can really hold the, the early production against him. Still uh, only 22 now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's brought the strikeout rate down a little bit last year. You know, we see these flashes of this massive power upside from Adele. And it does look like he's going to get a chance to be an everyday player for the Angels this year. So I think there's still concerns about the contact rate and all that, Mm -hmm. you know, but the power and the speed is there. I don't know. I think you could probably say, like, why don't we try to go for it right now? Who do you think is the more valuable player this year in, in fantasy leagues? Is it Adele or Bellinger? Oh, wow. I mean, if I had to put money on it, I, I'd probably still say Bellinger, but yeah. I'm certainly where they're being taken. I'm going to end up with way more Adele than yeah. I am with Bellinger. I mean, as you mentioned, he dropped the strikeout rate at the major league level. I mean, it pretty much had to drop. It was at over 40% in 2020, yeah. but down below, I believe 23% at the major league level. He still struck out. I think at like 29% at AAA last year. So mm-hmm. that yeah. that's still going to be a, a concern. But, I mean, the tools are there. You look at his uh, his baseball savant page last year, I think he was in the 99th percentile on sprint speed. Max exit velo was up there as well, like 89th percentile. I mean, he's got tools for days. As we mentioned, only 22 years old. Angels seem ready to give him, let him run with that full-time job. Um yeah, I think the post type sleeper is definitely a tag you wanna you wanna give to Joe Adele right now. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned the speed. I mean, I don't know I don't know where he, he lands there as far as stolen bases, but you know, would it shock anyone if he hit thirty homers this year? Definitely not. I think mm-hmm. he can steal double digit bases. He might hit two fifty at best. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of where I would set my expectations, but that's still a pretty interesting player if it if it turns out that way. Uh, another young player we're excited about, Andrew Vaughn uh, with the White Sox. Uh, he injured himself Sunday uh, while making a diving catch in right field. Andrew Vaughn playing right field, which is interesting. <laughs> I don't know if he should really be out there. It was a weird play. He actually got up to his feet and it looked like he would be okay. He was just kind of stretching out a little bit, but then... Once he tried to move, he just couldn't. Um, yeah, yeah. Had to. He was in obvious pain. Had to be carted off the field. Have we heard exactly what that injury was yet? Yeah, I just heard it's to his hip, and that's he's going to be further evaluated uh, tomorrow, which is will be Monday. Yeah, like you said, it didn't look bad. Like it, it yeah. looked like a routine catch, as routine as his catches can be in the outfield, yeah. but. Obviously, it's concerning to see how gingerly he was, you know, kind of moving around. He had to be carted off. That's probably not a good sign. Uh, I mean, I I thought that the White Sox might have been a fit already for Michael Conforto. I kind of want to be I'm interested to see if maybe they will get in on that. And Vaughn could, should probably be more DHing anyway. Yeah. And, their lineup is pretty righty heavy, so Conforto seems would seem to make sense. But yeah, I guess we'll wait to see what they say about uh, about Vaughn. Um, I mean, if you're doing a draft tonight, 
that's he's a pretty risky pick, but we should know should know more tomorrow certainly. Yeah, how weird is it that Conforto is still out there? Yeah. I, you know, he's probably the. I'm trying to think of what other free agents are still out there. There's not many. There's not many big name free agents still available at this point. I, I'm I'm struggling to think of notable. He's ones. the biggest one, I think, definitely. I mean, he's yeah. he's wishing he probably took that qualifying offer. You think from the Mets? I I was. I wasn't sure. I when when the Mets made that qualifying offer, I thought there was a decent chance he would take it. Mm-hmm. He had a bad year last year, um, you know, tied mm-hmm. to that draft pick compensation. I mean, that's a, that's a big burden. Um, and he's still young enough; he could have done the reestablish his market next next winter thing. But yeah, he, he'd probably have to wind up signing a, hopefully not, but maybe a one year deal that's like comparable to the the qualifying offer money, but. Hopefully he'll sign somewhere soon. We'll yeah, see. I've seen some Mets fans like clamoring, like why not bring him back and um, just kind of platoon around the outfield because you've got Mark Canna, you've got uh, Nimmo, you've got Starling Marte. They don't really have a deep outfield, so mm-hmm. I could kind of see it if he's just not getting any great offers elsewhere. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But yeah, I wonder how long he's going to be waiting here. I, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be past the draft. <laughs> I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys. Um, but certainly interesting to see how that's going to play out. Uh, the Rays bullpen always very interesting as well. Um, we saw Pete Fairbanks go down uh, during Sunday's uh, grapefruit league game with right lat tightness. Um, he's also scheduled to be evaluated on Monday. Of course, uh, Fairbanks dealt with some shoulder issues last year. Uh, so a bit concerning, uh, about a week and a half out from opening day. Fairbanks was going to be in that late-inning mix for the Rays, one of their top late-inning relievers. But, uh, you know, you would think this further solidifies Andrew Kittred's status as the primary pitcher to grab for saves on this team in fantasy leagues. I think he would be anyway. But with the Rays, they're so unpredictable that I guess you'd never know. But I think at this point, I don't think you would draft any other pitcher in this bullpen. I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I would still take the under, I think, on 20 saves for Andrew Kittredge, yeah. but he's still, I mean, he's the obvious front runner there, you would think. But, I mean, going into last season, would anybody have guessed that Andrew Kittredge would be the star of the Rays bullpen? So They, they, they find it every Kevin, way. Every year they find a way. Kevin Cash is going to Kevin Cash. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, J.B. Fireisen, J.T. Chargua. Mm-hmm. I know they like both of them. Uh, they're going to continue to mix and match, I think. Uh, but Kittredge, I mean, as many un- as many unsettled bullpens as there are, even if you say if he's going to end the season with you know 17 saves or whatever, he could still do that and get you good ratios. So I think he's a perfectly fine pick. And this does elevate him a little bit, the in- injury to Fairbanks. Yeah. Uh, so the Mariners have an interesting uh, prospect, uh, I, and I don't know how close you've been paying attention to the Mariners' fifth starter situation, but Matt Brash had a great outing on Sunday, uh, struck out six batters, three hitless innings, didn't issue a walk, uh, looking pretty nasty, uh, high 90s fastball. His slider has a very high spin rate. Mm-hmm. Um, well above average. Uh, he's been mixing in, mixing in his changeups more and more. 
uh, getting some really rave reviews. Uh, and he had a great year in the minors last year as well. Uh, 231 ERA, uh, 1.14 whip, uh, 142 strikeouts in 97 in a third innings. So pretty exciting. And it seems like he's the real front runner for that fifth starter job. He wasn't, he hasn't really been on my radar. Like when I did like tout wars a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I wasn't really thinking about brash, but sometimes this kind of stuff will happen as spring training rolls along. Uh, you'll see a young pitcher uh, win a fifth starter job. I think everybody's um, kind of been waiting for Jerry DePoto to get another starter so he wouldn't yeah. have to put one of the young guys in their rotation, but I don't know, maybe Brash runs away with it. I mean, the guy's a, already a pitching ninja star. Yeah. That slider's just a really disgusting pitch. Yeah. As you mentioned, the high spin rate, got the elevated fastball as well. Probably more of a two-pitcher, two-pitch pitcher at this point. I think that's why he – never has rated super high on prospect lists, but right. as you mentioned, threw some good change-ups in the, in his last spring training outing, but I mean, he certainly passes the eye test and we've seen pitchers. I, I feel like more pitchers recently can get away with only having two pitches if, as long as the, those pitches are really good. Yeah. Uh, the old, the old mantra that you need to mix up your offerings just doesn't, necessarily work anymore people are just saying just throw your best pitches as much as you can yeah that's um, what blake snell did when he pitched mm-hmm. well down the stretch last year right. i don't know if he can replicate that over a full season but like he might as well keep rolling with that it, it is possible mm-hmm. yeah brash is really intriguing he I, i've i added him to the to my starting pitching rankings as well so doing a couple slow drafts now and i have my have my eye on him nice. definitely one interesting note here I saw about Shohei Otani. Mostly hit second last year for the Angels, but mm-hmm. uh, looks like he's going to slide into the leadoff spot. Has been doing that recently uh, for the Angels, and so it looks like the top four in the Angels lineup is going to be Otani, Trout, Rendon, and Walsh. And David Fletcher was actually the primary leadoff hitter for the Angels last season, uh, but he had a terrible year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no no reason why he should be getting all that volume at the top of the lineup. So I don't know if it really changes things that much for Otani, you know, fantasy wise as a hitter, uh, he's going to get, I guess, a smidgen more plate appearances being first, as opposed to second in the lineup. Um, maybe, but not maybe, having Fletcher maybe run more. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's certainly capable of that, but yeah. uh, certainly Fletcher being down on the order, I think is a, is a great thing for the angels. It's a good real life baseball decision. Yeah, it, that it definitely makes sense uh, in real baseball, as you mentioned. But going from number two in the lineup to number one, um, maybe that knocks him up a little bit. Uh, he's going to get fewer RBI, you would think, more runs scored. As you mentioned, more plate appearances, so the counting stats in, in general should be a little bit better. Hopefully he'll run a little bit more, but I, I don't think that it impacts him too too much. Yeah. And an interesting note for you. So there was uh, there's a report um, <laughs> from the Athletic uh, tonight that the Cardinals have had increased conversations uh, with mm-hmm. Albert Pujols, and it does seem that there's that there could be some real legs to this situation uh, for a, re- a reunion with Pujols, forty uh, two year old Albert Pujols. Uh, what do you think about this, Ryan? I think that I th- I feel like I know what. Um... Yadier Molina's 
why he was late reporting out to the with the personal issues. I don't really know, but obviously Yachty and Albert are like best buds. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's in his ear and he's probably in John Mosaic's ear now, yeah. but I'm not crazy about the move as a Cardinals fan for the first month of the season. We have 28 roster spots. It's fine. He, he was really good against lefties last year, but yeah. he wasn't good against lefties for like three of the four years before that. And he's 42. Yeah. So I, I just have trouble seeing this as more than a way to sell more tickets. Uh, kind of the farewell tour along with, with Malia and, and Wainwright, but as a pure baseball move, I'm not crazy about it. Uh, Juan Yepes is a pretty intriguing guy too, and he would seemingly lose at bats to to Pujols. Yeah. And also, what do you do if Albert Pujols is OPSing 500 in May? I mean, are the Cardinals going to cut him loose like the Angels did? Like, it's just I feel like they're setting themselves up for uh, a potentially sticky situation. Right. Right. I, I guess in a perfect world, he would. I, I don't know if he has it in him to bow out <laughs> and say like, "I don't want to keep a roster spot from someone else." And right, you know, he retires and goes into some kind of special assistant position or something <laughs> like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like he has a, a real chance of happening. I, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't sign anywhere yet. To be honest, mm-hmm. I don't know what what his market is at this point. Um, yeah. I haven't seen any. I feel like we saw him connected to the Rockies there for a, a little bit, but yep. uh, he might have a, have had a shot at reaching 700 home runs if he signed with them. But I mean, th- I think he's 21 away, mm. uh, and he would just yeah. presumably only play against lefties with the Cardinals, and that's not a good place to hit home runs. So he wouldn't yeah. really have a shot to reach 700. I wouldn't think with with the Cardinals, but yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, so Cattell Marte is reported, uh, agreed to a contract extension, uh, with the Diamondbacks five years, 76 million. I guess he already had a couple of option years. So, um, I don't know if they ripped it up or, or what they did exactly, but, uh, basically there's 51 million in new money in this contract. It'll take him through his age 32 season. I think it's a great deal for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> um, question. Because Marte, in my mind, I, I think he's one of the most underrated players in baseball. I, I love mm-hmm. Cattell Marte. Yeah, I mean, the only time the last three years he hasn't been great was the fluky 2020 season. Yeah. I mean, the batted ball data is great. He did have injury issues last year. Um, I think settling in at second base, which it seems like to be their plan now, probably will help in that regard. Uh, he won't be running around in the outfield as much. But, yeah, the – He's going to be on a bad team, obviously, but I mean, a guy with a talent like that can can overcome that. Bad ball data is great. Um, I think he could be a really good five category contributor. And as far as a baseball move, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. It's a bargain for the team. Yeah, and I don't think this really impact. I, I don't know if there's any trade kind of stuff in this, like no trade list mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but this contract doesn't you know, prevent him from being tradable. Like it's such a reasonable right. contract that any team would be able to afford that. Maybe in the short term makes him less likely to be traded. But yeah, I mean, man, if he if he's healthy, this is a bargain. No and no doubt about that. So yeah. I guess let's get into these uh bounce backs while we still have a few minutes here. Basically sure. we each came up with five players that 
Uh, we're buying in drafts, mid to late round, uh, bounce back uh, candidates. So I guess we'll go back and forth with these. I will start with uh, Jeff McNeil with the Mets. So on Yahoo right now, his ADP is 241.5. So basically um, free <laughs> late in a, in a shallow league. He might not be drafted at all. Uh, McNeil last year hit just 251, seven homers, 679 OPS over 120 games. I don't really think that was the real Jeff McNeil. His contact rate was right in line with where he's been in the past, which is really good. Uh, one of the best contact hitters in the game. But, you know, watching the Mets every day, it just seemed like he was all out of sync last year. He pulled off the ball a lot, a lot of weak contact to the opposite side. I do wonder if the hitting coach change last year might have impacted him. It seemed like a lot of players were being put into a box with the same kind of philosophy. So mm-hmm. I think if he can go back to doing what he does best, be aggressive to the pull side and straightaway center field, I think we're going to see a much better Jeff McNeil. Or the, Maybe not. Or the, or the double play partner impacted him as well. <laughs> yes. Might have impacted so him in the, the, in the, in the exactly. face a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not exactly copacetic, or at least weren't at one point last year. But Right. Yeah. Um, maybe they bonded through that experience. Yeah. We, we can only hope. But only uh, hope. I don't know if we're going to see 20 homers from McNeil again, but I think he can hit double-digit double digit homers, good average and on-base percentage, counting stats in, in a good lineup there for the Mets. I, I think he's probably going to hit like sixth or seventh. So mm-hmm. his days of being near the top of the order probably aren't going to be there. But I think he's going to be the primary second baseman there. Robinson Cano mostly in the DH spot. It's kind of crowded there in the DH spot. J.D. Davis, Dom Smith in that mix as well. But I think McNeil is going to be the the primary guy there at second base. Going to have every chance to rebound. Yep, I'm with you on McNeil. My first guy, I'm going to go with Hinjin Ryu. Not a great year for him last year. ERA jumped up in the kind of the mid-four range. He's said that he was kind of affected by, you know, the pandemic being away from his family. And, of course, the Blue Jays were more away from their family than most teams with three different yep. homes that they, they played in. So hopefully he'll be more uh, in a better mental state in this this season and – uh, you just look at the track record. I mean, his, his velocity was fine last year. Had a 2.30 ERA for the, the three years prior to last season. Um, and he's going to have Matt Chapman at third base now, too. Yeah. I mean, you look at Ryu's spray chart. I mean, batters just pepper that left side of the infield. Um, mm. I think Matt Chapman could be pretty huge for him. Um, and like I said, the track record with Ryu it's too good to ignore. I think where he's he's a pretty good bargain where he's going in drafts right now. Yeah, and I, I love that Blue Jays offense, even lose, losing Marcus Simeon. I think they're really yeah. intriguing offensive team and, and wins matter in fantasy. I think I think wins are going to be plentiful with the Blue Jays uh, this season. Yeah. Um, I have Alec Baum, uh, Bohm rather, Alec Bohm uh, next with my bounce backs, 248.7 ADP on Yahoo. So again, right in that area where in a shallow league, he might not be drafted. Uh, Bohm, not a great spring so far. Uh, Hit just 247 with seven home runs and a 647 OPS last season. Really struggled defensively at third base. I don't think he really should be playing the field at all, uh, to be honest. Uh, was even demoted for a stretch last year. 
The strikeout rate jumped up. Uh, in the small sample we saw in 2020, the strikeout rate was 20%. Last year, it went up to 26.6%. Uh, but the reason I keep the faith in Bohm is he hits the ball extremely hard. 90th percentile in hard hit percentage last year. 89th in average exit velocity. A lot of that on the ground. But mm-hmm. he's still young enough to make some adjustments, grow into his power. If he does, I think there's big-time upside. There's also risk here. So... The Phillies have uh, top prospect uh, Bryson Stott on his way up to the majors. Probably by the All-Star break, I think he'll be up. So there's Gene Segura at second base right now. There's Didi Gregorius at shortstop. If Bohm continues to struggle defensively and or offensively, he could be squeezed out of playing time. And DH isn't necessarily an option now. We know the Phillies signed Kyle Schwarber, uh, Nick Castellanos, so it's it's a tough spot for him. This is this is really prove it time for Bone, but I still believe in the talent there. Yeah, but I mean the good news though with the defense is the Phillies are gonna it looks like play seven DHs behind their pitchers this year. <laughs> so they clearly aren't worried about about defense at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the the batted ball data with with Bohm is like you mentioned is really good. Um, hopefully the strikeout spike was a little bit of a fluke that really wasn't hasn't been an issue for him before right um but i think you're especially the the draft day cost is not prohibitive at all so i I think he's a good target at where he's going uh my next guy i mentioned him already but piggybacking off of uh hinjin ryu i'm gonna go with matt chapman um hit 27 home runs last year so it wasn't a total down year i guess but the strikeouts have uh been kind of an increasing issue after the first three years in the league. He, they were steadily on the decline. The last two years, they've been up over 30%. Um, I'm hoping that another year removed from the hip surgery will be good for him. Obviously, going from Oco Coliseum or whatever they're calling it now <laughs> to uh, the Blue Jays lineup and that and Rogers Center could be huge for him. Um, he's never... Chapman's never driven in 100 runs in his career, even though he's generally other than the hip surgery. I mean, it's, it's three full seasons, he's averaged like 650 plate appearances. So he's out on the field plenty. Um, I think those counting stats are just – I mean, you want it, you want any part of that Blue Jays lineup that you can get. Um, yeah, looks like absolutely. he's probably going to start the season batting fifth or sixth. But it's not an ideal – lineup spot, but I, I think there could still be plenty of R- RBI opportunities for him. 30-plus uh, home runs and around 100 RBI, I think, is a, a pretty safe bet for him. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I, I don't know how much is hip-related with um, you know how it impacted him at the plate as far as like the plate discipline was concerned and the strikeouts, mm-hmm. but he was making steady progress, kind of like what Matt Olson did last year. That's what Matt Chapman did three years ago. Right. Um, as far as the plate discipline progress. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see if he rebounds there. I think he's certainly capable of it. Um, next up for me is Eduardo Rodriguez. He's pretty much going in the middle rounds uh, of most drafts. 150.2 ADP on Yahoo. Uh, signed a five-year, $77 million contract with the Tigers during the offseason. Of course, he missed the 2020 season, the shortened season, due to a heart ailment uh, linked to COVID-19. But Returned to action last year, posted a 4.74 ERA 
in 31 starts and one relief appearance. So almost a five ERA there from Rodriguez. But if you look deeper, he posted the best strikeout and walk rates of his career. 185 strikeouts and 47 walks in uh, 157 and two-thirds innings. And if you look at all the ERA indicators, XERA 3.50, FIP was 3.32, XFIP was 3.43. So he'd be a full, more than a full run better in all those uh, ERA uh, indicators there. So I think there's a lot to like with Rodriguez going to the AL Central, getting away from the AL East ballparks. We know what he did in 2018 and 2019. He was basically a mid-3s ERA pitcher uh, with about a strikeout per inning. AL Central also has some softer landing spots as far as lineups. He has a good defense and and catcher behind him as well. Uh, Tucker Barnhart added there during the offseason. Javier Baez as well. Uh, I think he's a top 30 starter with the upside for a little bit more. I'm, I'm really into Rodriguez this year. Yeah, I am too. Uh, like you mentioned, the peripherals were really good for him last season. He seems like a guy that's just always had kind of those really bad clunkers every now and then to kind of screw yeah. up his numbers overall. Yeah. But maybe going, getting away from Fenway, going to Comerica is going to be a big improvement there. I mean, being a lefty at Fenway Park's usually not a great spot to be. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think the ballpark change is going to be really really big for him. And the the Tigers' offense is obviously is the Red Sox offense, but they're kind of an up and coming team. I think they'll give him a decent amount of support too. Yeah, I, I think the Tigers are going to be a really fascinating team with the mm-hmm. youth they have coming up. A lot of young pitching. They're pretty exciting. I, I, I think they could are, do some good are, things. Are Torque and, um, and Green going to make the opening day roster? That's a... I think there's a better than 50-50 chance that they could. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, they're they're super exciting. And I've seen them go in a lot of drafts mm-hmm. uh, so far. And, and if it doesn't happen opening day, I'd be surprised if it wasn't by early May. that they're. Yeah, open. hopefully it won't be long if they're yeah. not on the opening day roster. Yeah. All right, my next guy I'm going to go with uh, – you, know, you mentioned Joe Adele before, a, a big uh, kind of spring training riser looking good so far. Jesus Lazardo has also looked really good this spring. He's a guy that obviously was a kind of a mega pitching prospect and had some initial success in the majors. It was just a complete and utter disaster last year. Uh, he was bad with the A's. He was bad with the Marlins. He was bad at AAA. It was just, he was all out of sorts, but the stuff is still there. He's throwing 99 this spring he's just breaking off incredible curveballs that curveballs just a devastating pitch he's throwing it more too um he's a guy who probably i mean as hard as he throws his fastball is kind of straight so it's probably best that he dials that back the usage on that a little bit so if he throws more curveballs i think that's a good thing i mean there are some teams that i think we should at this point kind of give them the benefit of the doubt that they can get the most out of pitchers. And I think the Marlins are one of those teams now. Yeah. Um, so I, the pedigree is still there. Luzardo's still really young. Um, I think the upside for him is, is pretty huge. And the ADP is uh, he's basically free at this point too. Yeah. So Luzardo came over in the Starling Marte trade last year. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, even going into last year, Lazardo was super popular as oh, a potential yeah. breakout candidate. But it's amazing, kind of amazing how quickly the A's gave up on him. 
Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the return for that and I was like, wow. Yeah. That was yeah. a shocker. Yeah. Um, but I totally agree. Like the Marlins, man, they, they know pitching. It's mm-hmm. been a struggle to develop position prospects, but, right. um, you know, we'll see with Jesus Sanchez, Jazz Chisholm. They've got some mm-hmm. talented uh, position players on the way, but pitching, man, they, they know what they're doing there. Um, next up for me is Luke Voigt. He has uh, 222.7 ADP on Yahoo last year. Missed a lot of time uh, last season. Had a torn meniscus in his left knee. Had a right oblique strain as well. When he was on the field, just not the same as uh, the 2020 season when he, he led the majors in home runs in 2020. Uh, but last year, hit just 239, 11 home runs, 764 OPS, over 68 games. Had a diminished role after that Anthony Rizzo trade. Uh, last year and was actually pushed down the depth chart yet again with Rizzo returning earlier this month. So uh, the Yankees recently traded him to the Padres. I think it's a really positive development for him, even if it's a ballpark downgrade. He should have regular playing time there. I'm not sure what's going to happen with uh, Eric Hosmer long term. You know, we've heard that the Padres have been shopping him and Will Myers. But regardless, Voight's going to play every day. Um, maybe out of the DH spot, but that's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> and sure. even when he was uh, injured last year in and out of the lineup, he hit the ball extremely hard on mm-hmm. 94th percentile in barrel rate, 86th percentile uh, in hard hit percentage. So I, I think Voigt could have a really nice bounce back. Some concern about the health because past couple mm-hmm. of years he's been banged up, but mm-hmm. uh, you can't really question the power there. Yeah, I'm with you on Voight. I, st- I started the hashtag free Voight uh, on Twitter. It never really made much sense to me that they – I mean, is Anthony Rizzo – would you rather have Anthony Rizzo than Luke Voight? I mean, maybe. Uh, I know they would prefer the lefty bat, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Luke Voight, like you mentioned, when he's been healthy, he's he's been great. His OPS as a Yankee was like almost 900 like, yeah. in the – the batted ball data matches that as well. Um, it probably could be a good thing, I think, that if they just stick him in the DH spot, give him a better chance of staying healthy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, the playing time is the is the big thing. It's a ballpark downgrade, but I think it's, especially if you're using him in a, as a, at a corner infield spot, I think he's a, he's a great guy to target. Mentioned with my last pick a team that – kind of gets the benefit of the doubt with their pitchers and the Marlins. I think another team that falls into that bucket is the Guardians um, and Tristan McKenzie. Another guy I think is similar to Lazardo. A lot of people were in on him going into last season, and he was also terrible. Um, got sent down to the minors at one point, but when he came back, he – went on a nice, really nice run. I, th- I think it was a seven-start stretch where he has an ERA below two. Um, the strikeout to walk rate was was really, really good. He had a couple bad starts there towards the end that kind of made his numbers look not quite as good again. But I think it's all about throwing strikes with him. Um, he's been incredibly tough to hit. Like, he does not give up hits. Yeah. Um, and throwing strikes wasn't really an issue for him in the minors. I'm just hoping that he can maybe he needs to simplify his mechanics a little bit, but maybe hopefully he can get a little more consistency there because he's got swing and miss stuff. Um, I think if as long as he throws more strikes, I think there's uh, some breakout potential there. 
Yeah, totally agree. I, I love his stuff. Um, and he did have that little spell last year where he was just on a dominant run. Mm-hmm. He could just show a little more consistency. I think there's, I mean, the sky's the limit for, for Tristan McKenzie. Yep. Last one for me, a former Cleveland pitcher, never a guardian, but former Cleveland pitcher, uh, Carlos Carrasco, uh, now at the Mets, was traded to the Mets in the Lindor deal last year. Uh, his ADP is 255.5. Yeah, I don't Yahoo, get it. which yeah, which we're not used to seeing from Carrasco when he got traded to the Mets, you know, before he tore his hamstring uh, last spring. I had him as a top. I think he was right on my on the fringe of my top twenty starters. Mm-hmm. I thought coming to the, over to the National League would be really really good for Carrasco. Didn't turn out that way. Obviously, posted a six oh four ERA over twelve starts last year, and he got killed in the first inning of starts last year um opposing batters had an ops i think it was like 1300 against him in the first inning last year and he gave up eight home runs and in and it was like trying trying to think how many innings he threw it was not many but he gave up eight of his i think eight of his 14 home runs in the first inning and was basically a, a pretty good pitcher from the second inning on it was very bizarre but after the season, he actually had bone chips removed from his elbow. Wonder if that was something that was lingering throughout that time. And yeah. the results this spring haven't been great game-wise, intra-squad games, that kind of stuff. He's been hit around a little bit, but the velocity's been good. And in the past, if you followed Carrasco, sometimes that's not the case in the spring. Yeah, doesn't he always say, like, his elbow always hurts every spring and the exactly. velocity's not? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's a good sign. He has the feel back with his split change, which is a really good pitch for him. And I think that might have something to do with the elbow as well. Last year, he couldn't get the feel for the pitch uh, mm-hmm. because of the torque of the elbow. So I think that's a really good sign. And he's basically free mm-hmm. uh, in Yahoo leagues right now. Take a chance on him late. See which version of Carrasco shows up. If he's, you know, if he's still struggling, you know, drop them and move on. But I think the upside is still quite high, even with the, you know, injury concerns in recent years. You know, I, I think the upside there, the pedigree, the track record, you know, why not? Sure. Yeah. It, it didn't really seem like he had a chance last year with the tearing the hamstring. I mean, you mentioned the, you mentioned the elbow and the hamstring injury for a pitcher. You, it's not great either. Um, yeah took him forever to come back. It seems like it was a, like yeah. an off the, off the bone type, yeah. type hamstring tear. But yeah, I'm with you on Carrasco. The track record speaks for itself. I mean, he was, it wasn't, he was great in the shortened 2020 season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was. He's, you know, he's what, 34, 35. He's getting up there a little bit, but I mean, I'm still betting on the track record there. I'm with you. And Absolutely. like you mentioned, the, the draft day cost is basically nothing. Yeah, his ADP is lower than Lazardo, who is admittedly rising, but right. um, he's going super late. I, I yeah. think he's, I think he's interesting, and uh, I don't know if you saw today. Degrom and Scherzer went back to back in their mm-hmm. outing, throwing all nine innings. We probably will not see that in the regular season, but that was that was a, a, a neat little thing to see. Uh, and Francisco Lindor homered from both sides of the plate today as well. Yeah. So if you're thinking of bounce backs, 
That's that's pretty good. I actually missed the entire game because I was buying a car. Um, <laughs> hey, good excuse. Yes, uh, but no. I mean, things are things are looking up, and Lindor is certainly someone I'm believing in uh, as far as a bounce back as well. But Ryan, yeah. thanks so much for joining me on the on the show today. This was sure. this was great, and uh, hopefully, we gave some uh, useful bounce back candidates for for listeners out there who have uh, drafts this week. Yeah, uh, hopefully so. I had, uh, by, by the way, drafted Lindor tonight in my draft, so I'm with you on that one as well. And these guys, definitely their ADPs are at a point, a lot of them were good bargains and good good bounce-back candidates, for, certainly. Absolutely. Yeah, and as the season gets rolling, we will make sure to get you on the show again here. We're going to expand sure. to five days a week next week. This week we have three episodes, Colin and Chris – uh, we'll be recording Tuesday night. I believe it'll come out Wednesday. Uh, Drew, Silva, and myself, we are recording Thursday night. It'll come out Friday. But next week, we'll have five episodes running all the way through uh, the regular season. So we are almost there. And I cannot wait for the season to start. If you like what you're hearing with this show, Circling the Bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. The same goes for Spotify if you listen there. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Ryan is Ryan P. Boyer on Twitter. Be safe out there, everyone, and we will see you next time. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.